At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, global keynote speaker, best-selling author, and co-founder of Skills Camp, Hamza Khan. Hey, what you drinking? You know, you just finished listening to an amazing conversation. I, I know, but it's time for a brand new one, a brand new one. And this, this is a, a, someone who was just listening to the podcast. And after hearing like three or four different episodes said, hey, wait a second, I, I need to be a part of this conversation. And he had his team contact my team and said, you guys figure out how to make this happen. And so here he is, Hamza Welcome to Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership. How are you doing, man? Oh, man. Thank you for having me. I am doing very, very well, sir. This is a true honor and privilege to be chatting with you. And and more than just the podcast, I have a deep interest in learning about you, the host, the man behind the mic. So I'm very excited to chat. I, I have no idea where this is going, but I fully, fully trust you. Oh, you sound qualified. If you don't know where this is going, you sound qualified. <laughs> Before we get into this, man, I got to give like a big shout out to to your team. Alexa is on it, man. I, I'll tell you, you know, if if I didn't have Audrey on my team uh, and Sydney, who does a lot of the magical editing work, I'd be like, I need to have an Alexa because they ma they manage our lives and and our, and our work from from A to Z, or in your case, from A to S, right? Audrey to Sydney. That's right. That's right. That's right. Shout out to all of them. Thank you. Well, hey, man, before we get into this conversation that neither of us knows where, where it's going, although I have a kind, I've got a small idea that it's going to be amazing just by just a little bit of information. You have an idea of where right. it's going to go, and then we just improvise. That's right. That's right. Uh, but I've got one question that I've got to ask, and this is the question that makes everyone sit up because they know that this is when, this is how it all starts. This is how it all begins. So what you drinking? <laughs> it started with water. I am trying to be uh, cogent for this conversation, but also I, I have to travel tomorrow too and and get a get a, get an early night's sleep. But then minutes before we hit record, I thought to myself, Hamza, what are you doing? It's a podcast called the Whiskey Jazz and Leadership Podcast. Don't leave Galen hanging. So <laughs> I rushed over poured myself whatever I could find, all the good stuff we gave away, my wife and I, before we came and moved over here to New York. We were actually in Toronto about a month ago. So I don't have any of my good stuff here, but I guess depending on what your definition is of good stuff, uh, Galen and the listeners, Jameson crested. Okay. Got a little bit of a splash of that in neat right now. So I'm, uh, I'm knocking that back with a little bit of water on the side. It, hey, you know, 
Jameson is is will is a is a workhorse. It will get it done. It will get the job done. I heard from Alexa actually that one of your favorites is Belvini Caribbean cast, 14 year single malt scotch. And so I just I just happened to have some uh, that I got from my sister, Miss Dana Bingham Guanillo, who was on an earlier episode. And so that's what I'm going to break out here. So I'm going to so a lot of people, a lot of people think that I'm just drinking water. So I just want you to validate that this is the real juice. We're going to crack this open. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. Crack it open. And you can see that there's also I got some I got some brown in here. All right, all right, all right. Let me put four a little bit. It's fantastic. Now, I have had the Balvenie 25. That's as far as I've graduated up. But I've noticed that the higher up you go in terms of age, for me personally, the whiskey starts to taste more like syrup. And I feel like beyond 25, you can start pouring it over your pancakes. So 14 (laughs) is where I get all the... That's where the line is. That's where the line is. That's the sweet spot. I think so. I think so. But cheers to you, sir. Well, cheers. Well, I'll tell you, while I enjoy this and just really appreciate my sister for leaving this behind and in my good care, uh, tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, Just a little bit I know, man, has got me really excited about this conversation. But if you can just share a little bit about what you've done, kind of your take on this whole leadership space uh, so we can get into this conversation, that'd be great. Certainly, and I appreciate you asking. I'm a speaker, I'm an author, I'm a researcher, I'm an educator. I had my beginnings of my career within the intersection of higher education in Canada and then across the US and around the world. And the intersection was with higher education, specifically student affairs, and then marketing and communication. Some of my earliest experiences were in the startup space, in and around education, then eventually within colleges and universities. Again, first working on the student affairs side, helping new students transition to college and university, supporting their transition through first year all the way through graduation. And uh, that inspired me and my business partner, uh, Kareem, at the time to take our work within the Canadian post-secondary education institution system and create a full-blown marketing agency that serviced that very industry. And then from there, that spawned a soft skills training company, Skills Camp, that I run till this day. And in between, I also joined one of Canada's largest student resource hubs, Student Life Network and studentawards.com. And all of those experiences, whether they were entrepreneurial or entrepreneurial, gave me a full perspective on the type of leadership that we're going to need into the 21st century and beyond. And what happened for me during this journey is I was very fortunate to deliver a TEDx talk called Stop Managing, Start Leading, which actually at the time of this recording just crossed 2 million views on YouTube. A nice slow burn. In the beginning when I dropped this talk, it was doing quite well, but during the pandemic, something switched for everybody. I think everybody's equation for what they value in the world of work changed. And they realized that the age of the asshole leader, I'm not sure if I can swear on this, (laughs) <laughs> that wasn't a swear word. That, 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 that wasn't a swear. That wasn't a swear word. <laughs> in, in a South Asian Muslim household, that's 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 right up there with the F word and everything else. But <laughs> the age of the jerk, the asshole leader is, is coming to an end. And I feel like I, I've been put in a position through my speaking, through my writing, through my teaching and soon to be executive coaching. And I, I want to ask you about that in, in, in a couple of minutes, if we have some time to usher in this new style of leadership. So what am I doing these days? I'm traveling the world, delivering 
keynote speeches and workshops to organizations much like yourself, sir. Uh, I'm also writing books. I've got two published books at the moment, uh, The Burnout Gamble, Leadership Reinvented. Currently, we're working on a third. I'm uh, completing my master's in communication and culture with a focus on organizational behavior and leadership and occupational burnout as the keyhole issue into that. And what I'm hoping to do eventually is uh, add the part of to the stack that has been missing, which is working with individuals, doing what you do, one of the many things that you do, but but coaching the person, coaching the who, and generating solutions from within versus being a sage on the stage. So mm. there's a lot going on right now, but it's all held together by the threat of the future of work and helping people thrive in the future of work. Wow, that's a lot, man. That's a lot to get into one conversation, but you are you are making it happen. You are making it happen. Just following in your footsteps. I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a decade into a career that I hope emulates yours. I know you're three decades into yours. Oh, man, we, we've been at this a long time. And I, I think more than anything, uh, I'm really passionate about trying to help people avoid the things, avoid the, the mistakes, the pitfalls that didn't work out for me. Maybe it'll work out for them, but it didn't work out for me. And if I can just let them know of the perils that 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 might be on the other side of that decision, I feel like my work is done. Hey, before we get into this, I, you know, I want to I want to do this maybe backwards from most of my conversations, because usually we get into the conversation, we talk about uh, you know, the, what the guests, what their philosophy is, and we kind of back into how that might fit into the name of this podcast. And uh, I, I want to go in reverse. I want to, I want to get your, get your take on this metaphor that I have for whiskey, jazz, and leadership. And uh, first of all, my listeners know that I like all three literally. So I, I literally like whiskey. And if I could turn the camera around and share with you, I, I got at this point, maybe 70 bottles of whiskey, different whiskeys and 65 of those 70 are open because if a bottle is on my shelf and it's not open, it's purely by chance and that bottle's time is coming. So I am not a collector. So I like whiskey literally. I like jazz literally. Mm -hmm. uh, and every conversation I seem to have, even if it's in the gas station or the grocery store, usually I'm, it's going to end up talking about something having to do with leadership or it's going to spark an idea having to do with leadership. So I like all three literally. But the metaphor, the metaphor of whiskey is this idea of doing what you love with people who love it with you. So your crew, the social, the social element of doing what you believe you enjoy, regardless of what people outside of your crew think of what you're doing, the social license to do what you're passionate about. That's the metaphor for me. And the metaphor for jazz is just like you said earlier, this idea of improvisation that how do you get from where you are to where you need to be on time in key even when you don't have sheet music in front of you you know that's that's not an excuse you still have to get there on time and in key and that's jazz and it requires some improvisations and then leadership like i said before i i, I believe that every success and every failure begins and ends with leadership and you know i've been fond of saying nobody eats unless somebody kills something even with many of my friends being vegan, they remind me that you got to kill a plant. You got to kill something. At some point, someone has to say, we're going to do this thing. 
and all marketing is great uh strategy really really important but nobody eats until someone makes a decision that this thing is going to happen so that's the metaphor how does that metaphor fit with how you see the world and this work that you're doing uh brilliant breakdown first of all and i knew the moment alexa connected us that uh this this was going to be the right conversation at the right time it was made apparent to me when i when i saw the sequence of the words whiskey jazz and leadership right away the the images that were conjured up for me were liquid whiskey jazz also liquid and fluid and then leadership i also see as something that's quite fluid oh I like and that. that flies in the face of conventional thinking about leadership which is rigid which is top down which is rooted in a tailorist context, a, a factory context, a military context, top-down, great man of leadership, follow my lead, everybody be like me style of leadership that has quickly become passe, especially in the last three years. You know, Even the most hard-hearted, perfect-seeming leaders had to be vulnerable. They were recording podcasts just like us virtually. They were hosting meetings on Zoom and Microsoft Teams in their bedrooms, kitchens, with cats running over their keyboards and dogs in the background, babies in their laps. And it was a really interesting time. And, and leaders who are clamoring for the old world are in for a rude awakening because the only constant about our world today, sir, is constant change. Our future is fluid. It has always been fluid. And the future of work isn't later. It's not happening tomorrow. That's the thing about the future of work. I don't really like that term because the future of work is now. We're in it. So we're talking about present work. I mean, it's interesting. I discovered the other day that the word contemporary, the native word for it, breaks up into time fellows. Hmm. And I see you very much as, as my contemporary, even though you're further along in your career and you're infinitely more wise than I am, but we're meeting at this unique intersection of time. And I have a lot to learn from you. And, and hopefully the insights that you're going to be able to get from me in this podcast will be valuable to the audience. And you might learn a thing or two as well. But the point is, is that the hierarchy has changed. We're no longer thinking of leaders as these people that are above us, who you know we, we need to defer to and submit to. So my definition of, of leadership is one that is very much aligned with the fluid imagery of whiskey and jazz. A leader must be agile. A leader must serve others. A leader must be very innovative, change before change is required or before it's too late. Wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, we, we, we could be kindred spirits because so much of what you just said, I think are critically, if not vitally important. Uh, you know, one of the things I talk about often is, uh, these, the five steps of creating what I call your leadership platform. And, and this is kind of your, your outward documentation of who you are, where you're going and, and why people should follow you just as, politicians have political platforms so that you can decide whether or not you want to vote for them or approve what they're trying to do. Every leader should have a leadership platform and it does basically the same thing. And there are five questions that go into creating that. And these are simple questions. Many of them don't have more than three or four words to them, but simple does not necessarily mean easy. <laughs> that first question is, who are you? And uh, you can spend a lifetime trying to define that, but who are you? What makes you different? What makes you distinctive? Who are you? Number two is where are you going? So if you were to think about this from a business standpoint, the first one is about brand identity. The second one is about mission. So who are you? Where are you going? Number three 
is about who's going with you. This is about identifying those people who are on the same path that you're on. They could be further down the path than you are and therefore someone that you might wanna see as a mentor. They could be behind you and therefore someone that could benefit from your mentoring. They could be in the same place asking the exact same questions and therefore they would make for an amazing accountability partner. But who's going with you? And then um, the, the next one is about, can anyone tell your answers to those, to those previous questions? What does your behavior say about who you're trying to be and how people might win if they follow you? And very often people say, wow, Galen, you know, why should I answer those questions if I don't plan on leading people? Because I might not want to be a leader. Well, this would be a great time to figure that out. <laughs> So what's your reaction to those questions around the leadership platform? Because that seems to be consistent with what you were saying about just identifying people that are on the same path. Man, wow, this is, uh, whew, I'm getting chills. I, I'm, I'm not sure if we're gonna share a video of this, but I, I threw my hands up in awe. And, and before I answer that question, I wanna just follow it up very quickly, sir. How long has this leadership framework been in practice? How long has this been circulating in the world? I'll tell you, I put this in my book that I published in 2017. And the, the book in 2017 was, was really written as a leadership fable, only because I absolutely adored Patrick Lencioni. And every time I would build a team or be called a leader team, I would purchase one of his books and, and we'd have a, a book read as my introduction to really kind of understand how, who, who we wanted to be and how we wanted to function as a team. And I just really hoped that uh, my book, Impact, A Leadership Fable, would be, be viewed as one of those kinds of books. And so we just documented these five questions uh, just to try to get our arm around how do we, how do we as leaders get to a point where we can understand who we're trying to be and uh, give others the permission to hold us accountable to our to who we say we're trying to be. And this model, I imagine, through your work as a speaker, as a facilitator, as a coach, has been battle-tested across the world, different audiences, executives, and all that. Oh my gosh. You know, I, I've got all kinds of people uh, writing hate letters to me right now saying, Galen, you said these were simple questions. I've been, I've been trying to answer these questions for the past three years, for the past four years. For you know, the first the first time I did this, this is actually before it was a thing. The first time I did this, I shared it with a group of leaders uh, who asked me to kind of just do some intimate work with their executive leadership team, and you know, kind of went through those questions and and worked with them kind of a, as a workshop to build out their their uh, leadership platform. And I said, well, you know, this stuff is only powerful if you empower other people in your organization to hold you accountable to it. Other than that, at best, it's just interesting. And they say, wow, Galen, this is great. Uh, we're gonna have our um, annual meeting in a couple of months. Would love you for you to come to our annual meeting and, and share some of your insights with our team. And I said, sure, I'll do that. Uh, and so I go to the meeting and the first uh, hour of the meeting, they're on stage sharing their leadership platform with their entire organization and I got chills. So. Yeah, so this this thing is uh, is it's been out there a bit, and um, I, I you know, like I said, I get hate mail all the time from folks saying this stuff is not easy. 
which which you know you're saying that jokingly hate mail but it's uh it's 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 confirmation of the efficacy of this model and how transformative it is this is really exciting for me because i alluded to this when you asked me about myself i said that i had the start of my career in marketing and communications and for the last couple of months i've been feeling pretty insecure about that i've been feeling insecure about this transition that i'm experiencing right now professionally into full-time thought leader and prior to this this, this podcast just struggling to integrate all of these experiences I've had as a leader, as an entrepreneur in the marketing and communication, higher education space. I didn't see how it was relevant to me being in rooms with executives like yourself. Next week, I have to go to Vancouver, British Columbia and facilitate a leadership workshop for about 30 executive leaders. And uh, the thing that I integrated into this workshop was a perception gap exercise, looking at how you see yourself, how others see you and how you want to be seen. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, man, am I just trying to shoehorn in something from my marketing and communication world that I know was effective for brands? I know was effective for organizations. How am I going to make this relevant to leaders? And I've really started meditating on this for the last couple of weeks. And uh, I thought about it in, in these terms. Why organizations fail essentially is because leaders fail to increase the rate of change on the inside of the organization relative to the outside of the organization. I think it was Jack Welch who said, if the rate of if the rate of change on the inside fails to keep pace with the rate of change on the outside, the end is near. And I think Indra Nui, ex-CEO of PepsiCo, takes it a step further and says that the challenge of leadership is looking around the corner and making the change before change is required or before it's too late. Except how do you know the speed at which the inside is changing relative to the outside? In marketing, we would call this brand integrity. It's just how synchronized the brand is with the external world. And the way that you do that is by taking inventory of how you see yourself. So this is understanding your mission, your vision, your values, your principle, your purpose, how others see you. This is engaging in a deep dive with everybody who composes your value chain, talking to frontline staff, fellow executives, suppliers, vendors, et cetera, your partner, your kids. And then you stack those data sets beside each other and uh, you ask yourself, how do you want to be seen? So you look at past, present, future, internal, external, and then you look for synchronicity or gaps rather between those three answers. Now, the most prolific brands in the world, Disney, Apple, Nike, the answers to all three questions are tightly grouped, if not identical, but some of the worst brands in the world, you know, you can think of any that are now defunct or in the process of failing. The answer to all three questions are very scattered, which would indicate a lack of harmony between changes on the inside and on the outside. So hearing that you have done this, it has been in existence since 2017, it has been tested with leaders around the world is giving me confidence, sir, to go into that meeting next Monday and just, you know, slap my chest and be like, guys, <laughs> trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Don't discount the marketing and communication experience here. I'm integrating it with leadership. And what's that saying? George Bernard Shaw says that this, the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it has taken place. You know, just <laughs> because you've articulated your brand values, just because you've communicated them once, doesn't mean that they've registered. So developing this leadership platform is almost like producing a personal constitution. It's producing a foundation. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.